before uh, I start this morning, um, I just received some news about my brother-in-law. He just gave his life to Jesus Christ. Praise God. It looks like gloom and despair, but he surrendered unto God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He's born again. A new name is written down. Well, glory. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Dear Lord, I've asked you for so many things before. More strength to climb each mountain in my way. I've asked for strength and help. I've even asked for wealth. But from now on, this is the way I'll pray. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for cavalry. Thanks for the riven side, the nail-pierced hands, the crown of thorns you won. times 
me how did you feel when you come out come out Come out, tell me how did you feel when you come out? Lean on the Lord. Well, did you love everybody when you come out? Come out the wilderness. Come out the wilderness. Come out the wilderness. Well, did you love everybody when you come out? Come out the wilderness. Leaning on the Soaking happy when you come out. Come out the wilderness. Come out the wilderness. Come out the wilderness. Soaking happy when you come. Come out the wilderness. Leaning on the Lord. Well, I'm leaning on the Lord. Yeah. 
take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good and I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a Savior, I felt fire from above. I've been down to the river, and it ain't the same. A prodigal return. to the prison I've worn shackles and chains but I've been freed and forgiven yes I have I'm not going back I'll never be the same that's why I sing all oh, my hope is in Jesus to the prison I wore shackles and chains but I've been freed and forgiven yes I have I'm not going back I'll never be the same
not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give. It's by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give is by your plan. That's just the way it is. Oh, you are God alone from before time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, God whose name and praise will never end. You're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give. You are God and that's just the way it is. Oh, you are God alone from before time began. You are on your
many times I've questioned certain circumstances and things I could not understand. Oh, and many times in trials, the weakness blurs my vision and my frustrations get so out of hand. Then I am reminded that I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand one test alone. That's when I look at all the victories and the Spirit rises up in me. And it's through the fire my weakness is made strong. That the cross would not get heavy And the hill would not be hard to climb He never offered victories without fighting But he said help would always come in time So just remember when you're standing In the valley of decision and the adversary says, give in, just hold on. Our Lord will show up, and He will take you through the fire again. Oh, so many times I've questioned certain circumstances. I do not understand. Oh, and many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision, and my frustrations get so out of hand. Oh, but it's then I am reminded that I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand one test alone. That's when I look at all my victories and the Spirit rises up in me. And it's through the fire my weakness is made strong. Oh, He never promised that the cross would not get heavy. standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in no just hold on and our Lord will show up and he will take you through the fire again oh I know within myself that I would surely perish oh but if I trust the hand of God he'll shield the flames again 
heaven promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. No, He never offered victories without fighting, but He said help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in just hold on and our Lord will show up and he will take you through the fire again so just hold on our Lord will show up and he will take you through the fire
Because you're worthy of it all Lord, you're worthy of it all From you are all things To you are all things You deserve the glory You're worthy of it try his best to take take you down the wrong road but God knows exactly what he's doing and I, I kept praying that God would give him the ability to wake up and to understand what he was going to hear because I knew as soon as he get awake somebody was going to say it to him because it was on the heart and I'm glad it was Kathy. I'm glad she was there and uh, praise God for it and I want him to get better I don't know about you, but I want to see his face walk through that door. And I know that he's prepared for eternity. And we talked not too long ago about the peace that was on Larry. And I remember that. And I talked, I kept telling him the other day, I want to see that peace upon Mark's face. And I, I praise God for it. Today, I want you to, if you will, turn to the 25th chapter of Genesis. I want to tell you a story. I want to talk about uh, Jacob and Esau. I want to tell you something. There's two brothers. Uh, I don't know. You can look around here sometimes and I see little guys. I'm talking about little kids. Some of them's brothers and some of them's sisters. But have you ever wondered as a parent when you look at your children? I remember thinking when my boys were in, and Mandy was young, I can remember looking at them thinking to myself, what will they grow up to be? Where will they be in life? What kind of a person will they be? And you know what? I began to think about that so many times when I was younger, I began to pray because I knew the enemy was going to show up to try to deceive them. And you know what? There's choices made all through life. You've made choices just like I've made choices. And you know what? I ain't made all the good choices and neither have you. You can say you've done these things. You've obeyed your parents. You've done all these things to try your best to be the best person you could be. And God uh, brings us in this life. And I can tell you it's a blessing to be born the first time. 
But I don't want to talk about that blessing of the first time. I know that's a great gift of God to a parent. But I want to talk about the blessing of the second birth. Because the second birth is more important. That's the one, I can't remember my first birth, but I can remember my second birth. And you know what? We have to remember what we're here for. God gave you life that you will come to him and bring your soul to him. And I think the problem, I've been reading through this and I, I look at it and there's chapters and chapters of these boys. Actually from the 25th chapter all the way through to the 50th, it still talks about Jacob and, and uh, it talks about the children of Israel. Can I tell you, at this time in the 25th chapter, there was no Israel. There was no Jewish people. There was only Abraham that had been told and called out and given a, a covenant and a promise. And he had a promise of a, of a son. And it was a promised son that his wife Sarah would have, which was Isaac. Now Isaac is here and Isaac is married. In this 25th chapter, I want you to look at verse 22. The 25th chapter of Genesis in the 22nd verse. It says, and the children, and this is after prayer, and I want you to hear this, because we just had a prayer over something similar. And I want you to hear this, Randy, because Isaac stood in for Rebekah, his wife, because she was barren and couldn't have a child. So Isaac says, it says in the Bible, Isaac entreated for her. He went to prayer and he called upon God. God, bless my wife and take off this barren thing that's on her so she can have children. And he did. God took it off and it says God entreated and God worked for it and God, she began to be pregnant. She got pregnant. And guess what she got pregnant with? Twins. Now let me tell you something. That's a big shock. It's hard enough to start with one. But starting with two, she starts with two only while she's pregnant. And listen to this, 22nd verse says, And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Now what's he saying? He's saying basically, if it be so, she says, If it be so, why am I thus? It means if this is of God, why am I suffering so much? There's a war going on. She's pregnant. And I know a lot of times women are, are constantly uh, hurting and having aches and pains and moves and all the other things. But she had a war going on inside her. She had a real struggle going on inside of her. And she couldn't understand she hadn't been pregnant. She didn't understand what was going on, but something don't seem right. So she inquired of God herself. And it goes on to say in the 23rd verse, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in your womb, and two manners of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. How many hears what God said? Let me tell you something. I don't know how to explain this to you, but listen to what I'm telling you. God does things his way. 
And you can argue with God. You can debate about God. You can say everything that happens is because I was a good boy and did what I was supposed to. But I'll still tell you it takes God's call. It takes God's word. It takes God's appointment. This is the great time in the history of, of mankind because Abraham's chosen to start the people of God. And here comes Isaac, the promised son, and him and his wife are going to have the 12 children of Israel that are still alive today. There's a generations and generations of Israelites for all these years, and they have survived because why? They're in a covenant with God. It's never going to change until God changes it. But God has made a vow to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now at this starting, you just got two boys being born. But God says right here, one will be stronger than the other and the elder will serve the younger. That's not supposed to be. The elder's usually the one that gets the blessing. He's usually the one that takes on the role of leading the rest of the family. When the parents leave, he takes over and leads the family. He's the one that gets the double portion. He's the one that gets all the, well, that was supposed to be Isaac's. Or it was supposed to be Esau's. The brother, he's the first one to come out. He came out, Jacob came up after him and grabbed his heel. And you know what? You know the story, so I'm not going to read all of it. But it says down in 27 of 25, it says, The boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And 28 says, And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, and but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, I think they started on equal ground. But yet God said something that Rebecca heard. I mean, here's what I'm saying. God spoke to Rebecca something that she never forgot. Now, I know Isaac, he loved that Esau. He's that manly, hairy man that's going out hunting every morning. You know, and he said, that's my boy. But that Jacob's mommy's boy. And Jacob's just, he's just a plain kid. But God is not looking on the outside. God is looking on the inside. And I want to tell you, I don't care who you are here today. I don't care what you've been taught all your life. I don't care all the things that you think you've got to figure it out. If you don't let God get into your heart and know who you are and you get in a relationship with him, you're going to miss what God's doing. And I see it all over this country, and I see it all over this world. People are doing their own thing. They're choosing to live for self. Now, you know what? I know it gets quiet when I say stuff like that. Because everybody says, well, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to talk to God about everything. I want to tell you something, Christian. If you're going to be obedient to God and be a blessing for God's sake and for the glory of Christ, you need to understand, you need to stay in this relationship with him and quit looking at the world trying to figure out how you can fit in because that's not your place. God has delivered you from that first birth. He's delivered you from yourself. And I'll tell you even something deeper. When he said the uh, elders shall serve the younger, that means in a sense, spiritually, that means your flesh was first. 
You was born in the flesh. But your spirit, when you're born of the spirit, you of your flesh must serve the spirit. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Let me tell you something. When you get born again, quit serving the old man. He's supposed to die to you, and you're supposed to serve God. And it is a service because the truth is, the old man will rise up anytime you give him his space, he'll rise right back up. You can resurrect him, and before you know it, you're right back in the world doing exactly what the world is. But God has made us new and born-again people. Christians, something's wrong when we're so attracted and attached to the world. When every carrot they throw out, we run after it. The enemy's throwing all kinds of things out in our world and our church is running after it, trying to be just like them, trying to see how we can get as close to them without falling into them. And I tell you right now, God is looking for the right people. God is looking in the hearts of people. He's not looking for great people. He's not after you. Listen to this. He goes on to deal with, with Esau. Esau goes out into the field to hunt, and he comes back, and Jacob's there, and, and he gets hungry, and he's on his way back, and he can't make it. And he finds Jacob, and he says in verse 33 of 25, he says, And Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and he swore to him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. Now, you can blame Jacob for that, but who in the world would sell their birthright? Who would sell off what God had given him? God had him come out first, but he sold it out. How many knows when God looks down in the future, he sees you, and he sees what you're thinking. He knew when I was a little boy whether what I was afraid of, what I would do with my uh, uh, problems and my choices in life, and he watched me. And can I tell you, he's worked on me time and time, and I've been to the woodshed many times over God, over what God has told me to do. And so have you, if you're being honest. You can put down in your, uh, your book that you've done everything the way you should have, but I'll still tell you God's after your heart. And for you to follow God, you're going to face the opposition of this world and this flesh. But Esau, he took lightly. He looked lightly on his birthright. I don't need that birthright. How many Christians we got today? I don't need salvation. I don't need Christ. If anybody else is going, I'll go. I'm as good as they are. I'm a better neighbor. I keep my yard nicer than they do. You know what? That's about the way people think anymore. Can I tell you? The gospel is the most important decision you'll make in your life. The gospel of Jesus Christ, what Jesus came and paid for is your only way to be in the children of God. And we keep treating it lightly. Don't mean that much if I go to church. It don't mean that much if I stay spiritual or holy. Walk this holy walk. Yes, it does. You just don't see the future like God sees your future. Every devil in hell is going to try to stop you from living for God. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage and lineage, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. And guess what? Esau despised his birthright. 
How many sees that? He despised his birthright. Why did he despise it? Because he took it lightly. He made a choice. And he decided, I'll sell it because what good is it me if I'm going to die here without food? That's about how cheap we give away the gospel. For what? I ain't going to church. My wife don't like to go to church. I ain't going to church. My kids don't like church. Let me tell you something. You're going to make up your mind. You're going to live for God. I don't care what the rest of them do behind you. You're supposed to be the leader, dads and moms. You're supposed to be the leader of your family. Get up and make up your mind. I'm going with Jesus all the way. Because until you do, you do, your children won't see you walking that way. They won't know the choice that they need to make. Esau, after this happened, he went out in the 26th chapter. He went out at the end of the chapter and it says, And Esau was 40 years old, in verse 34, when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Bera the Hittite, and Bash, I shouldn't even say these names, Bash, Bashemath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. He goes out and marries two Canaanite women. Why did he make a second bad choice? Because he made the first one and he decided I'm going to distance myself from that birthright. He already made the choice. Listen to what I'm telling you now. He made a bad choice and so he made a bad choice to follow it. One lie leads to another. He just kept on following that, that carrot going the wrong way. Now you're going to find out Esau keeps doing this same thing. And you're going to find out Jacob makes some, some bad errors himself. So don't sit and think, boy, that Jacob was just special. No, Jacob had his own problems. On down to verse 27, or chapter 27. Isaac rises up one day. His, he's getting old, and he was dim of his eyes, couldn't see. And he called for who? The elder, Esau. He said, Esau, go out and get me that, that venison I like. Go out in the field and kill it for me and fix it for me. You know the kind I love. Get it and bring it back, and me and you will have this uh, meal together, and then I'm going to bless you. And boy, Esau jumped on that. How many knows in the back of Esau's mind he's already done something wrong? But he turned right around, he listened to his father, and he ran right out after it. And you know what happened? After he told him to do that, Rebecca got wind, got word of what he said. And Rebecca went and warned Jacob. Jacob, your brother's going to get blessed by your, your father. Now, you know what she knowed? She put her two cents in there. She did her best to warn that son Jacob. You think she didn't love Esau? I'm sure she did. She said one place below there, she said uh, that I would lose both of my sons. Because when Esau got done with, uh, with losing his blessing along with his birthright, when he got done losing that blessing, he wanted to kill his brother. Had it in his heart to kill his brother. Let me tell you something. We're making choices today. I don't care what your brothers did to you. I don't care what your sisters did to you. I don't care what your family's doing. I don't care what nobody else thinks. You better align yourself with what God's telling you to do. If you're being obedient to God, they'll learn to see it. 
But don't think you're figuring it out yourself because that's the selfish route. That's what Esau's done. He's went the selfish route. Do it God's way. It goes on to say, verse 5 of that 27, And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went into the field to get the venison. And look at 27, look all the way down at chapter 19, or uh, verse 19 of 27. And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau. You see what's going on? Jacob and his mother got together while Esau's gone, and his mother told him, you get the venison, I'll fix it the way Dad likes it, and I'll put it on there, and you get the skin of the goat and put it on your arms so he'll be deceived. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Jacob, to me, I, could, I, I couldn't understand this. Jacob would stand there and get in front of his father that could not see and say, I'm Esau. He lied to his father. To get the blessing, he lied to his father. He didn't lie to him once. He lied to him two or three times. Because uh, um, Isaac looked right at, looked that way and he said, wait a minute. You sound the voice of Jacob. But your arms, I feel the skin and I feel Esau. And then he asked him again, art thou my son Esau? And he said, I am. How many knows Jacob wasn't a sweet person either? Jacob didn't deserve the blessing either. But how many knows God had already said it because God sees down the future. God has blessed you and watched you over you. And I've heard people testify time and time again how many times God should have struck them dead when they were out in sin and out in the world. But you know what? God has brought you to this day to say, you know what? I'm still calling you by your name. I want to save you. I want to return and give you this, the grace of God upon your life and bless you. God knew which one would turn to him. God knew how far they would take it. People's taking it too far. Some people don't like to hear about a God this way. They think God's just gracious to everybody. He is, but you know what? You can go too far denying God. You can go too far refusing to go where God says go. I reject God's authority. I reject God telling me I'm a sinner. I reject repenting. If you keep rejecting it, God's going to turn his face from you one day and there will be no space for repentance. And you'll find the one that it's written, by, written about in the Bible is Esau. There was no space found for his repentance. Why? He went too far with God. He went too far to completely keep God out of his story. Jacob deceived his father. But listen down to verse 27, or chapter 27, verse 28. He said, therefore God give thee, this is, this is the blessing upon Jacob. This is the blessing that should have went to Esau. But see, God has already turned it. And now Jacob's going to receive this blessing. And he says, therefore God give thee the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, 
and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that bless thee. How many knows when he called Abraham out, he put a covenant upon him. And when he re, uh, brought Isaac along, that covenant was traveled on through Isaac. Now it's being given to Jacob. And you say, well, that's not fair. Jacob was uh, lying to his father. He shouldn't have received that. But listen to what God's dealing with. He goes ahead and gives him the blessing. No more than he walked out of the room, here come Esau back out of the field. And he's all upset. How can he be upset? He's the one that gave his birthright up. He's the one that stepped away. He's the one that sold it for nothing. But he's upset. He tells his father. He said when Esau heard the words, he cried, verse 34, with a great exceeding bitter cry, and said to his father, bless me, even me also, O my father. And Isaac said, listen to this, thy brother, talking about Jacob, came with subtility and hath taken away thy blessing. And then Esau said, It is not he rightly named Jacob, for he has supplanted me. And these two times he took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto him, said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord. Do you hear that? You understand what God's going on here? Isaac has already known that what I gave out, I will not take back. It's gone to Jacob. Whether you like it or not, Esau, it's gone there. <clears throat> when God calls somebody to do something, when God sends you on the path to do something, you do it. You'll take criticism from anybody around anywhere. I can tell you right now, I get criticized for being a pastor. But can I tell you something? I'm only doing what God tells me to do. And if I have to uh, walk and get hit, and if I have to be a target to people, that's just what it is. But the real truth is, God knows what he's doing in me. Not you, me. He's got to do that for me, and i got to do what God tells me to do, the best that I know how. I can't make it no more, and I can't add to it. It's got to be what God says, and that's all you need to do in your life. Quit trying to worry what people tell you you have to do. You have to do what God's telling you to do. Sometimes you make big plans. Sometimes you have in your mind, boy, I'm going to go do this for God, or I'm going to go, to, and we got ministries built upon what people think or what men think or what churches think people ought to do. And can I tell you, some of them are spinning their wheels. They're not doing nothing because God wasn't in the decision. They're building upon their self. They're not building upon Christ. Everything's to be built upon him, everything. From the first word to the last word. From the first indication of it to the last. Pray about it every day. If God tells you to do something, pray about it. I promise you this. When God told me to do this, I guarantee you I'd prayed a whole bunch of times. Because I'm scared to death. And I didn't want to do it. God knows my heart. 
But God told me to do it. And can I tell you, I watched my father step out of being a great uh, witness and a great person walking around just being a witness like your father. But God spoke to him and said, go take that little church out there. And you know what? Our whole family was shocked. Who, Dad? Dad's not going to take no church. We were all shocked. But you know what? God had another plan. How many knows God's got the plan? We got to keep remembering God's got the plan. So you can look at your children and say, they're not walking right, they're not doing right. Let me tell you something. Quit looking at them in the world. Look at God and what he's promised you. Get back into his word. Take a hold of what his authority says. And if he says pray over your children, pray for your children. You know, Isaac prayed over his wife to have a child. She had twins. We as men and women of God needs to step up and begin to be God's children. We've gone away from that. I'm sorry, but we don't pray about those things. We think prayer is something that's just talking to God uh, in a casual way, let him know I, I still know you're up there. God wants you to lean on him, depend on him. God's looking at the heart. I want you to look at verse 41 of 27. It says, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing, wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The day of mourning, the days of mourning of my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And again, Rebekah hears it. Again, somebody tells Rebecca. So what does she do? She comes and warns Jacob. Jacob, your brother's just waiting for your father to die, and then he says he's going to kill you. He's going to slay you. How many knows? Sometimes we try to get back what, God's, what God has not gave us. I've been mistreated. I'm going to get it back. Cain slew his brother, Abel. And you know what? Then he acted like he didn't know where he was at. He knew exactly where he was at. But you know what? Cain couldn't fix that. And can I tell you something? Esau can't fix his problem. He can't fix it without he, you see him repenting to God. He's not repenting to God. He came to his father and cried and wept for it, but there was no space for his repentance. Because he took the most serious thing that God was dealing with then, which was the family line of God. And he took it so lightly, it meant nothing. How are we taking this gospel and stepping on the gospel of Jesus Christ and think God don't care? Or we'll just cruise on into heaven and everybody in our family will make it and that's all I care about. Let me tell you something, God's looking, looking way deeper than we're looking. God sees what's going on in our land. He sees what's going on in the hearts of people. Not trying to condemn nobody. I'm trying to tell you the urgency of what God is telling us. We're his children. Get back to loving him. Get back to serving him. And I... And, uh, Verse uh, 43 of 27. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. She told Jacob. 
uh, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. And then 2746, and Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life. Now listen, she knew she couldn't just send Jacob out of there to get him out of the way of, I, of Esau. So she goes to her husband and tells her husband the story on Esau. You know what? She really didn't mention Esau's name. But what she said is, we've already got these Canaanite women here, and I don't want Jacob to marry one of these Canaanite women. So why don't you tell him to go back to my people where Isaac went, or the servant went to get Isaac's wife, go back to them people and get a wife for Jacob so she could send him out of town with, Jacob, with Isaac's blessing. So Isaac calls him out. In the 28th chapter, Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, Thou shalt take a wife of the daughters, not, not of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Panoram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, the mother's brother. Esau hears about that. What does he do? He finds out through that that obviously my parents don't like my wives. Boy, you're talking about sound like a, this sounds like a Peyton place. It's pitiful. But the truth is, he overhears and thinks, I'll fix this problem with my parents. He goes and marries an Ishmaelite woman. He marries another woman. He's got three wives now, and ain't none of them wanting to serve God. None of them's got anything to do with God's plans for Israel. How many sees that? And I want you to see this back when you're looking at that. I, Esau was the one in line for the blessing. He was the one in the line for the birthright. But see, sometimes we make choices and we keep stepping on what God is trying to do in our life and we walk away from it. And I see that all over. People that have served God, they just went home and sat down. They have went home and took their money and said, I'll sit here and I'll have it better than somebody else. You know what? You ain't got nothing you're taking with you and you ain't got nothing's going to keep you, sustain you, but God. In 28.6, and Esau saw that Isaac had been blessed, had blessed, Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Panoram to, to take a wife from thence, and that as he blessed him, he gave him charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, and that Jacob, and that Jacob obeyed his father and mother and was gone to Panoram, and Esau seeing uh, that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went to Esau. Then went Esau to Ishmael and took a wife. And I, what I see in that is poor Esau is in a sad situation. He's trying to get back in good with his parents. He's trying to fix it. Can I tell you something? If you're lost here, you get back in good with your parents, we'll fix your problem. That's what's wrong with our world. They run back to the moms and dads and say, pay me out of my problem. When the problem is still here. It's in their heart. They've never surrendered to God. And moms and dads, you'll never fix that. You can pray for them. You'll help them more by praying for them and telling them the truth. Amen. Tell them the truth. Love them, but tell them the truth. 
I want you to turn, if you will, to Romans 9. I'm almost done. I said before, it's God's plan. God knows what's best in your life, not you. I know you've tried your best to do and you want God to bless what you put out your effort and work for. And I'm not saying God don't appreciate hard work, but you cannot put the work ahead of what God says. You've got to find what God's telling you to do and do it with all of your heart first. He says for the children, chapter 9 of Romans and verse 11, he said, For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calls. Listen to what I'm telling you. God knew Jacob. And I'm going to show you that tonight. I can't do it now. But tonight you're going to see how God began to move for Jacob. And all of a sudden, I got these ink pens that I color code in my, when I'm writing stuff down. And can I tell you, when they're in the yellow, they're still not really living for God. But when they get to the green, I paint them green. When I paint Jacob's name green, oh man, Jacob's changed, Rand. Jacob seeing God's blessing. God, Jacob sees who God is. Jacob was a different man when he grew up. I will tell you something. When God got done with him, he not only leaves here in the 28th chapter, he goes to Bethel where his, where his mother, he's on his way to Bethuel, her father's people toward Haran, but he stops in a place, a certain place, and this is where he sees the ladder going up. And I'm not going to get into it because I'm going to talk about it tonight. But let me understand, let you understand something. God saw Jacob's heart down the line, even when they were born, before they were born. God knows you. He wants to bless your life. But you've got to get into what he's saying. You've got to quit trying to guide it yourself. You cannot pick what you want to do for God. He will align it. He will bloom you where he wants to bloom you. It says in verse 12 of Romans 9, It was said unto her, The elders shall serve the younger. Our sinful nature must serve the divine nature. Get over yourself. Because if you're a child of God and the Spirit of God deals with you, that means when you go places and you don't belong there, the Holy Spirit will say, What are you doing here? Get away from this place. What are you looking at? That's not for you. That's not of me. What are you reading after? That's not for me. That's not what God's telling me to do. And can I tell you something? God's looking for a pure people, a pure children of God that says, I want to be where God wants me to be. And the only way God can bloom you is you to walk this pure walk with him. I'm not telling you you're going to be perfect. None of us are. But God's trying to do a work in you. He's trying to tell you, if you'll just listen and follow me, I got plans for you. I can turn your children around. I can turn this whole world around. But I need God's people to believe me and trust me. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? 
God forbid. For he said to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom he'll have compassion. So then it is not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. I don't know about you, but I didn't have no justification when I got on my knees to ask God to forgive me. I had no good things to say to him, Amen. except God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. I just want you to forgive me, Lord, and I'll live for you, and I'll serve you, and I'll be your child. Whatever you take me to, God, I'll do it the best that I know how. Let me tell you something, that's all God's expecting of you. Do you think he expects you to do all the work? He's not going to let you do the work. The glory is going to go to him. So when something happens through you, it won't be you, it'll be him. And everybody will know it, including you. Come on back up, Becky. Colossians, the third chapter, if you'll turn there. He says in the 23rd, last three verses of, of Colossians 3, he says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that does wrong shall receive the wrong which he hath done. Uh-oh. You think God's fair? God says you keep walking the wrong, you're going to receive the reward of the wrong. Don't think God's going to just pass you over, pat you on the head and say, well, you meant well. No, he knows exactly what you, got in, you have in your heart. He knows the very intention of your heart. There is no respect of person. How I many hears that? Don't you know God looks at all of us alike? He don't count me one bit better than you. He don't count you one bit better than me. He looks at us alike. Because he knows every one of us without Christ is nothing. Without his walk, without his spirit, living and dwelling without his word inside of us, you have no life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Matthew 10, 37 says, He that loves father, listen to his moms and dads, He that loves father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. You hear what I'm telling you? You love father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me, Jesus said. He that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Is Jesus first? Or is your children first? Or is mom and dad first? It says, and he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. Who's worthy? We all feel unworthy, but can I tell you, we're worthy if we'll walk with him first. That's the only way we can be worthy. He's got to be first. You've got to put him ahead of moms, dads, your children, and everything else that goes with it. He's got to be first. He that finds his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. This week I was reading along with this lesson. God spoke to me of something, and it jumped out at me. And I don't know if anybody else sings it. Heather used to sing this song 
all the time. He used to sing it with her. Don't remember the verses, but I remember the chorus. And I want you to hear this. Back to living true. Back to the absolute. We've got to go back to where the church stands strong. Where there's a right and there's a wrong. We've got to go back to black and white. You see the differences like day and night. We're going back to things above. We're going back to our first love. Listen to me, church. The church is falling away from the love. We're stepping away from the gospel. We're stepping away from prayer. We're stepping away from church. We don't care if we have church or we don't have church. Sometimes I think it's a relief that we, we call it on there and say, ah, well, we're just going to cancel. I'm not trying to condemn nobody. I'm going to tell you where our hearts are. Where is your heart toward him? Because God is in the last day of time and he's working on lost souls that are going into eternity. And you know what? It ain't whether you're there out in the field witnessing. It's whether you're on your knees praying for his will and praying for grace and praying for mercy for the day and the hour that we live in. Listen to me, Christian. There is always something you can do Get on your knees and pray for the will of God. Pray for the will of God every day. I want you to know something. We can't change America. Only God can change it. Trump can't come back in and fix America. But God can fix it. And he'll fix it when his people begins to cry from their heart. Oh God, have mercy on our children. Oh, God, get the poison out of the schools that they're teaching. Oh, God, get the poison out of our leaders that's leading and don't know where they're going. But going evil. A lot of them remind me of an Esau. They just float from one thing to the next. They want everything in the world, and then they want to be honored. And you can't do it that way. It takes God to honor your life.
say Jacob didn't deserve it. Neither did you and I. I don't deserve to be a Christian. I don't deserve to stand before you and talk about his word. Connie, we're not worthy. But he made me worthy because I love him. I follow him. I keep him. I fight to keep him first every day. Old flesh, get out of my way. I must do what God tells me to do. It's life's fight. Christian, it's life's fight. I don't care what age you are. You'll have to make up your mind. I choose to serve Jesus. I choose him. I want this peace inside of me that no matter where I go, I have a rest. Both my cars went out today, this last week. And I tell you right now, Shirley's talking about the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. I said, Shirley, I don't really care. I don't care if they all go dead. You know, my car, our car looked like it was possessed. Shirley went out to start her car, and it was going blank, 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 blank. Lights were coming on, and there wasn't even a key in it. You're talking about like a devil took over it. It went nuts. And I told Trust, I've never seen nothing like that in my life. I tried everything in the world, couldn't get it out of gear, couldn't do nothing. Called the, the car dealer guy, I called the, the mechanic, and told him about it. And he said, I ain't never heard of that. going to take a look at but he said I have no idea what that is and then he said just in the time I called him two or three other people called with the same problem it's these push button key deals for some reason that went crazy and the car is just all over the place and then I tried to use my other car to jump it to see if it was just a battery and it went dead and the only thing I had was a mower that would run I couldn't go nowhere in that about life. You get real discouraged about life. But can I tell you, my God's still on my side. He's my friend. He's my Lord. He took care of me. Went to rent a car, he took care of me. Praise God, he took care of me. And he's going to take care of me. Everybody stand if you You don't know Jesus as your Savior. You need to understand your life don't begin to begin to walk for him that's when your blessing of life comes it's not in the decisions you're making it's not in your money it's not in any of the things you got you can't fix your problem only God can fix it when you decide it don't matter if I get better it matters if he gets in me then I will get better so come to him surrender to him don't just Make a good day a Sunday. You can pat, everybody here can pat you on the back. But when you go out that door, if you ain't made up your mind, I'm going to live for Jesus from this day on. There's going to be a change in me and I'll never change it again. I'm his child from this day forward. You have to make up your mind. You come. While they sing something. Whatever happened, to death do us part Does the home reflect the heart Parents' faces tell of worried minds While children search but can't seem to find 
It's time we took a closer look We got back to living by the holy book No compromise without getting slack You see, we'll go forward if we'll just go back We'll know the fruit tree by the fruits we see Serving God has no in-between We're either cold or we're hot He said lukewarm will have no part It's coming down to in or out There's no time for playing around We're coming down to lost or found We're going back to stand our ground We've got to go back to living true we're going back to the absolute Oh, back to where the church stands strong Oh, back to where there's a right Oh, there is a wrong Back to where it's black or white You see the difference is like day we're going back to things above We're going back to our first love Then we'll rise like a sleeping giant Standing tall in God's strength and might The power we've claimed for so long You see it's returning Oh we're being made strong We're not looking To the right or the left Because our eyes They are spirit led We're going back To truth or false Church, we've got to go back to Calvary's cross. We've got to go back to living true. We're going back to the absolute. Oh, back to where the church stands strong. Oh, back to where there's a Above. We're going back to our 